The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome back to The Heather McCoy Show. Joining me on the line is Reverend Harry Knox. He wrote a piece in the Baltimore Sun about the religious exemptions in the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, or EDNA. In short, welcome to the show, Harry. Thank you, Heather. I'm glad to be with you. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Uh, EDNA, if I remember correctly, passed the Senate and, of course, is waiting to be passed in the House. John Boehner believes that the current version of EDNA does not have broad enough religious exemptions. Is this just something he's throwing out there, or does he have something in specific in mind? Well, I can't imagine why he would think that the religious exemptions were not already broad enough. In fact, uh, my concern and the concern of a great many of us in the reproductive justice world is that the religious exemptions, as the bill is currently written, are far too broad. Heather, just for background, um, I have been a proponent of end of, of the Employment Non-Discrimination Act literally my whole career. I'm now yeah. 52 years old, and I have been pushing something like this, first at Georgia Equality, the, the LGBTQ group um, that advocated in Atlanta and statewide there, then at uh, Equality Florida, and uh, then at the Human Rights Campaign, where I was the founding director of the Religion and Faith Program. Uh, so I've been pushing into for a long, long time. But the current bill uh, has language in it that is new to the bill that expands beyond the old Title VII uh, exemptions for houses of worship, which everybody um, pretty much agrees. It's not universal, but pretty much folks agree that houses of worship should be exempt um, from uh, uh, laws like this. And, and it codifies the so-called ministerial exemption, so that mm -hmm. uh, ministers per se, but also people like directors of Christian education in churches and uh, those kinds of positions would be exempted. But then there's a third section that is new to the law that opens up whole classes of employees like nurses at religiously uh, affiliated hospitals that we believe is a very dangerous precedent to set. Mm -hmm. uh, j just because uh, the Catholic bishops uh, run a hospital doesn't mean they ought to be able to infringe on the religious liberty of um, their employees uh, who are nurses or administrators or uh, the folks who work in the kitchen um, uh, where their uh, sexual orientation or gender expression is concerned. When you say infringing on the liberties of their employees, it seems like that's the, the, the I don't know, the momentum that the religious right seems to be having at the moment, with, especially with the Hobby Lobby case about not wanting to extend uh, coverage for birth control as part of the Affordable Care Act. Yeah, it's really uh, just an evil um, uh, turning on its head of the concept of religious liberty, the way they talk about it. Religious liberty should be used as a shield and never as a sword. It should protect people's um, ability to express their religious beliefs in any way that they want to. And that, in fact, is what the uh, First Amendment to the Constitution does. But they are trying to use it as a sword to uh, impose on other people their religious beliefs, to say that because we don't believe, for instance, that you ought to use contraception, we get to tell you that you can't, um, at least you can't by way of the insurance that we uh, provide you as your employer. And that really flies in the, in the face of um, the sense of equality 
and equal access that is so much a part of our nation. Yeah, because of, as an individual, I believe one thing, but I'm big enough as a person that I know if I open a business, it is a public entity that my employees not might not believe the same things I do, but I value them because of their contribution they put at work and what they do on their own time is their own business. I don't understand why this is so complicated for the Christian right. Well, and what's even more nefarious about it is that a lot of these institutions, in fact, the vast majority of them, take public money. So they are using tax dollars to discriminate. And that's something that we've really got to fight against. So um, there are a number of us organizations like mine, the Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice and other reproductive justice groups around the country that have called on our, our colleagues, our sisters and brothers at groups like the Human Rights Campaign and the National uh, Gay and Lesbian Task Force and NCTE, the National Center for Transgender Equality, and others to um, really work with our friendly lawmakers to tighten up this language before it's brought to a House vote. Uh, and in fact, it needs to be tightened up ag again in the Senate uh, before it, it, it gets ready to actually pass. Um, Right now, of course, the chances of it passing a Boehner-controlled house <laughs> is very slim anyway. Yeah. So we, we've got some time to do it. But we're, we're out here trying to get the word out that this needs to be done and it needs to be clear that it's going to be done um, so that we don't get down to the wire and have to make hard decisions uh, like, you know, calling on folks to vote against something we've all been working for for decades, literally. Yeah, that would be pretty horrible. You talk about classifications of conformity for certain jobs that are written into the current version of eDNA. How does this differ from what BYU was able to get away with with their infamous code of conduct for both students and faculty at the university? Well, it, 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 I'm not completely familiar with that, but it is not at all unlike that. And what has come up in individual cases through the, the state courts and is being litigated, uh, all are, are attempts to chip away at the fundamental principle of the separation of church and state that has protected us all and enhanced those of us who are religious, our ability to, to practice our faith um, over the years. Um, and and those kinds of accommodations are uh, set up to push the limit and push the limit just enough that the courts uh, might countenance uh, this change and then set a precedent for further change down the line. So that's why we're so adamant that ENDA, um, in the form that uh, comes up for an ultimate vote, has got to have uh, just those first two exemptions and not that third one where religious uh, language is concerned. How do, can the religious exemptions, as they're currently written, affect an LGBT person who currently has a job, at, for example? Well, if, a, if a, a, an LGBT person had a job as a nurse, for instance, at a Catholic-related hospital or uh, at Adventist Hospital in Loma Linda, for instance, um, and the uh, hospital administration uh, created an affidavit that said that we believe that, because of our religious beliefs, all nurses should have to sign a statement that they will not um, uh, practice any kind of same-sex activity, uh, then that person would have to choose between uh, the loved one at home and their job. Yeah. Uh, 
and it's it's clearly not fair, um, and it doesn't have anything to do with the Seventh Day Adventist Church's ability to to worship their religion, and that's what the First Amendment is about. Um, Adventists, uh, in particular, have have used the First Amendment to their um, uh, great benefit over the years, and quite appropriately so, to demand that they be able to uh, go to church on Saturday instead of Sunday, and that they be able to um, have off from work to do so, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, now to say that. Uh, they would use uh, uh, this new law to uh, create a class of people that had to follow their dictates at home in the privacy of their own home and in their own love lives uh, in order to stay employed is a very dangerous precedent. It's kind of like the new game McCarthyism. That's that's pretty awful, actually. Um, can you talk about the exemption that creates cars out based on the claim of religious identity? What does that mean exactly for businesses? Well, that's the the one that is least least defensible in my mind. Um, uh, the Hobby Lobby company, for instance, clearly does not have a religious pur- purpose, but the owners of the corporation are very religious people, and uh, because of their particular religion, not all religions are anti-gay, uh, of course, and no. anti-trans, um, but because of their particular uh, brand of religion, they want to uh, uh, not be able to cover contraception for their uh, employees and to impose their beliefs on uh, women who work for them. Uh, and, and that's uh, the key is, um, you know, making clear that uh, religious purpose is worship or teaching the principles of a religion. It's not about someone's identity as a religious employer. Definitely. Um, along with Hobby Lobby, there's been a case in Colorado of a businessman, uh, sole proprietor, refusing to make a cake for a gay wedding. And of course, there's a case of the New Mexico photographers who refused to service a gay couple as well. Uh, why has the word religious liberty replaced the word bigot? Uh, because you can open, just because you open a business doesn't mean you can choose to serve others and not, you know, and not gay people, um, you know, the 1964 Civil Rights Act didn't allow people to get away with it. So why do they think that religious liberty, that fake cloak of that, will protect them? Yeah. Well, it it, it is uh, an insidious business indeed, and you're quite right to say that, that uh, they have uh, dressed up an ugly thing with a pretty name, and we've got to reclaim <laughs> that name of religious liberty and help uh, a new generation of Americans understand what it really means uh, and not let those people define it uh, going forward. Uh, our liberties have to be defended with each new generation and uh, have to be re-explained and, and re-evaluated and understood each each new generation. And it's our job to do that now. So that's why we're excited that so many young people out there who have been clearly uh, some of the major proponents for the passage of the Employment Non-Discrimination Act uh, and who have, have moved the political tide in its favor are also wising up to what's being uh, done by uh, the Catholic bishops and the Mormon Church and some other groups uh, to try to um, uh, dilute the effectiveness of ENDA um, 
by carving out these ridiculous exemptions for themselves that have nothing to do with their worship of God or the way they teach their uh, parishioners about their religion. If eDNA passed, and I know you're not a lawyer, with their in, religious exemptions as intact as they are, uh, would a state like California, which has a version of eDNA currently on the books, without all the religious exemptions, get to keep the remainder? It, would it go back to the remainder tougher law in states that already have it? It would... Uh... I'm not clear on that, obviously, uh, from my tone of voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'd have to go back and check. Um, That's fine. What particularly worries us, though, about the way the law is written is that it doesn't call for any judici- uh, uh, judicial review whatsoever. Uh, employers would simply have to fill out paperwork and file it as a bureaucratic process oh, God. Uh, with the feds. So. Um, it, while I'm, I'm not clear whether or not state law uh, could be uh, tougher than the, than the federal law, um, I am clear that the federal law as it is written, or the act as it is written right now, would be extremely dangerous as it is because the courts wouldn't be involved at all. Yeah. Um, you know, in California, we do have tougher rules about discriminating against LGBT people, but in California last fall, a transgender theology professor lost his job at Azusa Pacific University, and California does have a version of eDNA. What will allow, what will it take to not allow religious people to hide behind their religion and bigotry towards the LGBT community and actually get that on the book so it's as tough as the 1964 Civil Rights Act? Well, in that particular case, I have to say that uh, I believe that Azusa Pacific was within its legal rights to do what it did. Oh, okay. I think it was immoral to do so, uh, but I don't think that it was illegal. Um, that that would still be allowed under um, the two exemptions that we support, um, that one which uh, exempts houses of worship in their worship capacities mm-hmm. and religious institutions that are that um, that have ministerial functions, and and teaching uh, theology is a, a function of the religious aspect of the institution at Azusa Pacific, and so if Azusa Pacific um, um, believes uh, in hate and discrimination, as it clearly does, um, they have a perfect right under the First Amendment to believe that and to require similar belief of their teachers of theology. Um, that's, that's what the religious exemptions are, are about. Yeah. And that's broad enough and scary enough as it is. What we're trying to do is to make sure that this doesn't expand beyond that already bad situation in a, in a lot of people's minds to a place where uh, folks who don't even have anything to do with religion but work for a religious-based uh, or organization like a hospital or a charity um, would be, you know, having to worry about these same kinds of discriminations. Any parting thoughts? or? Well, I'm just grateful for your attention uh, to this, uh, Heather. It's so important for us uh, who support the... the um, major precepts of the Employment Non-Discrimination Act to be talking uh, amongst ourselves as friends about this right now and getting the word out in the public so that the conversation is broader uh, so that we don't bide our time and just hope that this is going to 
fix itself. It'll only fix itself if if people contact their legislators, their uh, senators, and and members of the uh, federal House of Representatives, and also if they uh, contact the uh, leadership groups in the LGBT communities that are working on this to demand that this thing be tightened up. Yeah, you wrote a piece in the Baltimore Sun. Is there any way listeners can keep up with your work on a Pacific website? Yeah, our website is rcrc.org for Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. It's uh, rcrc.org. Oh, thank you very much, Reverend Harry Knox. Thanks for being on the show, and we'll look forward to talking to you again, possibly. Great. Thanks, Heather. Okay. This, of course, is Heather McCoy Show.